So Jesus was a rabbi, he was a teacher, and last week we looked at Jesus first calling his disciples to follow him. And this idea that we are also called to follow Christ. We are called to be his disciples. We are to be learning from Christ. We are to be learning through scripture. We are to be coming together, learning what he not only taught, but what he did, learning from that, but also allowing the Holy Spirit to, to guide us and direct us as well. And we also, Paul said, our theme for 2017 is follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was talking. Now, wasn't, Paul wasn't saying because he thought he was such a great person, this spectacular Christian. Paul often said, hey, I'm the worst of all of you, okay? Uh, Paul was maybe kind of exaggerating a little bit because we see some of the people he was teaching to were pretty bad. But, but he was saying, hey, look, I'm not any better than anyone else. All I'm doing is I'm, I'm coming back to to what we're kind of saying about the heart of just following Christ, wanting him. It's about Jesus. And he said, as I follow Christ, as I follow what I've, I've learned, join me. And so that's what we want to be doing. We want to not only be following Christ, but I want to challenge us as a church that there are a lot of other people that we need to be looking around saying, hey, come and follow me. And so not only are we to be students of Jesus, but we are also to be following and, and, and doing what he's taught us in such a way that other people can learn from us and that we can bring them along with us and say, hey, I haven't learned this yet either. Come with me. Let's learn it together. And so we're, we're going into what we thought, decided to do was to look at simply what Christ taught, kind of jump into the gospel. We're going to be going through Luke, and as we did uh, last week, we'll jump into Matthew a little bit to highlight some certain things that that Luke maybe didn't uh, hit on. But we're going to follow Christ through the gospel. We're going to look at what he taught. We're going to look at what he did. And we're just going to then take it and apply it to our lives and say, how can we follow Christ in this? And how can we together encourage one another to follow him in this? So we're going to look at Luke chapter 5. We ended last week. We are in... uh, First part of Luke 5 and Matthew chapter 4. But today we're just going to be in Luke. Luke chapter 5, verse 12 uh, through 14. In one of the villages, so this is after Jesus called his disciples out of the boats. We talked about that last week. They're now following. They're going around teaching. They're healing people. They're doing some amazing things. So in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. Now, Oftentimes when we think of leprosy, we think of the, the worst case scenario, you know, the fingers and the nose falling off, or that guy from Kingdom of Heaven, that movie, and he's, his whole face is gone. Well, leprosy in the, any kind of skin condition. So it could have been he had open boils, it could have been he had eczema, so if any of you here have eczema or have a chronic rash, you would have been deemed unclean and a leper. Not fun, which means your family would have probably kicked you out of the house at certain points, especially if you had a flare-up. They're like, yeah, you can't be here. Um, you have to go. So there was a lot that came with this. Not only was it a physical condition, it was a social stigma as well. This person was deemed unclean. And, of course, looking back, there was a possibility of infections. They didn't have antibiotics. Uh, people didn't want to catch that. You probably smelled bad if you didn't have ointments to put on it. There was a lot that came with being a leper. So this man was with an advanced case of leprosy. He probably didn't look too great, probably didn't smell great, and probably didn't have any friends. And when this man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. 
Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. First thing I want us to kind of look at here is there was this desperation that this man had. This man was desperate for an encounter with Jesus. This is a guy with absolutely no hope for his condition, absolutely no hope of, of being reunited with his, with his family or his, or his community. He was at a place of, of desperation. He'd heard probably through the rumors and maybe at a distance had heard Christ's teaching. And he sees this opportunity and he throws himself at Christ's feet. He completely humbles himself. He technically should not even be getting close to this, this holy man, this rabbi. Generally in that time frame, if somebody probably saw the movie Monty Python and they come in, they're like, unclean, and they start throwing rocks at them. Not too far off. They actually would do that. Okay? You'd come in stinking, and they're like, oh, dude, and they'd throw rocks at a person like they were a wild dog. And one, if you really, really respected somebody, you wouldn't necessarily want to even get close to them for, for fear of tainting them. Because if he touched Jesus, Jesus then would technically, by their rules, be unclean as well. But there's this desperation and so he, he runs and he throws himself at Jesus' feet and he begs Christ to heal him. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So there's this desperation for Christ to heal him, but there was also this profound faith that he had, this certainty that he knew Christ was the only answer and the only hope he had. He knew that Christ was his only hope and he was desperate for that hope. Same thing happens with many of us. We, we have different conditions in our lives. Maybe we need healing physically, mentally, spiritually. We, we, if you live as a person in this world, we get damaged. We get ill physically, mentally, spiritually. You can watch the news and be damaged. <laughs> There's a lot of damage happening on Facebook. We want healing from these things. We want to be restored in the things in our lives that have been broken. Maybe our emotions, our, our relationships. Many of us want addictions broke, sins forgiven, the shameful evidence of our sins and brokenness removed, washed away. But oftentimes we forget that our only hope is encounter with Jesus face-to-face. We forget sometimes that our only hope, as we say about, simply is Christ. He is the only hope that we have to truly be restored, to truly be made clean. This gentleman was also religiously deemed unclean because of his condition. He was not allowed in this condition to go to the temple to worship. What's amazing is he does not yet realize that even though his society and his religious structure tells him he's not worthy to experience the presence of God, he's throwing himself at the very feet of God himself, God in flesh. 
These things can only come through encountering Jesus. Verse 13, Jesus reached out and touched him. We see, oh yeah, cool, Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus was breaking a lot of rules at this point. Jesus was reaching out and touching him, and, and by their rules, by Jesus reaching out and touching him, Jesus should have been deemed unclean. Jesus reached out, touched him, said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Instantly. What's amazing is I love that this man was desperate enough to say, forget all my reservations, forget all my fears, and he just recklessly went and threw himself at Christ's feet because he knew he was the only answer. He knew he was the only hope. But also, as we see this exchange taking place, there's this exchange that as he humbled himself, as he recognized that Christ was the only answer, the only hope, and we see Jesus reaching back to him and touching him. It's interesting, we never see in the gospel where Jesus just comes up to someone and says, hey, you're messed up, I I need to heal you. Either people came to Jesus, or people brought them to him, or came and got him and said, we need you. There is this this give and take with with Christ. There there has to be this extension, there has to be this, this actual recognition that we need Christ. Because what happens is, and we don't like to think of it this way, but in reality, we, we don't often think of Christ as being our only hope. We don't often think of Christ as being our only chance at getting it right in this life. Sometimes we're, we're cursed with being too smart for our own good, and we think, well... I can do this, and I can do that, and I can get out of this situation, and I can, I can make amends this way. And we, we try all these different ways to, to rectify the brokenness of our lives rather than simply throwing ourselves desperately at the feet of Christ. And then what happens is we wonder why it doesn't go well. We wonder why... We never seem to fully be healed. Why we never seem to fully be clean. I'm sure this gentleman had tried doctors. I'm sure he had tried everything that medicine at that time had to offer. And too t- often, even as believers, we, we know that Jesus heals. We know that he restores. We know that he forgives us of our sins. But yet we stay at a distance. And sometimes it's like we think, well, I'm too damaged, I'm I'm too sinful to go and and come to Christ and reach out and touch Him. Because somehow we're going to, you know, change God or change Him or make Him, He's going to repulse, be repulsed by us. And so we hide away, we we neglect our times of prayer because we, you know, let's say we, we had a moment where we, we lapsed in something or a lapse of judgment or we, we said some things we shouldn't have said or we damaged a relationship. And all of a sudden we, we know we've screwed up, we know we've acted outside of God's will, we know we've acted in a, in a way that is, it is sinful. And rather than throwing ourselves at the feet 
of Christ right away and going to him in prayer and saying, God, desperately crying out, say, God, change me. God, heal me, cleanse me. We're like, oh, and we, we do what most lepers in that time would have done. We go and we hide away. We hide away from God and we hide away from the body of Christ. What I love is this man recognized his condition. I think sometimes maybe we don't really recognize our condition. I think sometimes we can forget the condition that Christ has saved us from. We forget how desperately we really needed Christ. And I think what happens when when we... Forget how desperately we needed him, how desperately we need him now, how desperately we need him tomorrow. Without that desperation, we do not keep Christ at the center of our lives. We do not keep ourselves at his feet clinging to him. And without that desperation, we think, I got this. I can do this. Jesus didn't just heal this leper, but he has healed us. He didn't just restore the dignity of this person. He restores our dignity as well. He didn't just restore this man's relationship with his family and his community. Christ restores our relationships with us, with the body of Christ, with the world around us. So he reaches out, he touches him. And I just want to challenge us a little bit. Too often times we, we blame God for not reaching back and touching us. It's like, Jesus, I've been praying. I've been asking for you to move in this situation. We, we sometimes feel like Christ hasn't reached back and touched our lives or our situation. And there's times in my own life where I've felt that, and I'm, I'm like, God, where are you? Why, aren't you? why aren't you touching me? Why aren't you touching this situation? Why aren't you changing it, cleansing it, affecting it? And I hear this gentle voice speak back. I'm right here. I'm right here. Where are you? A lot of times we we, we think we're crying out to God, but imagine if this leper, if he just stood a distance. You know, Jesus is in center town. He's standing at the edge of town. He's just like, hey, Jesus, hey, um, if you could just throw some blessings, throw some healing, throw some forgiveness this way, I'm good. As we see, as we move on through the Gospels, every single healing involved a face-to-face encounter with Christ, either with that person directly or someone on behalf of that person. But there was always a face-to-face encounter with Christ. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened, partly because Jesus was trying to stay under the radar still yet. It wasn't quite time to go go um, to the cross. We told him not to tell everyone what had happened yet, but he said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This is found in Leviticus chapter 14. You can see the laws that they had to live by if you want. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So God commands him to go show and to, to the, the temple priest, because this guy's never been allowed to go back. You can't go back until you've been cleansed. And so Jesus is commanding him to go and basically give testimony to the miracle that God has done in his life. He says, now, I'm not telling you to... He heals him and says, now, you're healed. Don't just go off and do what you want. Go be in right standing with your community. 
Go back and, and, and let the world know and see what God has done in our lives. Sometimes when we have a dramatic change in our life and, and we've been dramatically cleansed or healed by Christ, sometimes we are afraid to let our old friends, the people that knew us before, see it. Sometimes we're afraid of how people are going to respond or we're just embarrassed because of what we used to do. But there's something powerful in taking what Christ has given us and openly sharing that and demonstrating it to the world around us. We need to not hide what God has done for us. There could have been this fear that, well, I've always been a leper. I'm going to go back, and they're just going to think I'm still a leper. So I'm going to hide away from where God is wanting me to go. Part of it is God is wanting him to really show that he is new, that he has been made whole. The world needs to know that Jesus heals and cleanses all forms of leprosy. He had this advanced stage. He had the worst of the worst. You didn't really come back from that. This was an absolute miracle. And if this guy could demonstrate to the world that was saying, stay away, if he could demonstrate to them, look, I'm worst case scenario, and Jesus healed me, Jesus can heal everything. And so in our own lives, sometimes in different areas of our lives, we may be the worst case scenario in our situation. But Jesus heals. He has the power to restore. And people around us need to see that. So I want to leave us with three different uh, challenges this morning as we've looked at this passage. But I want us to, to... Ask this question to ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to help us answer this question. What is my leprosy? What is my leprosy? What do I need to be cleansed of? What do I need to be healed from? It may be physical, it may be spiritual, maybe emotional. I dare say every single one of us have spiritual leprosy from time to time that crops up. And we need healing. We need a touch from Christ. We need God's Holy Spirit to help bring healing and restoration. So what in our life do we have? What, what is our leprosy that we need Christ to reach out and touch and heal? But secondly, am I desperate to be made clean and restored into right relationship with God? Am I actually desperate to be healed from that leprosy? Scary thought is perhaps sometimes we aren't desperately throwing ourselves at Christ's feet. We aren't going to Him because we really don't think our leprosy is that bad. Sometimes we Imagine if this guy was healed and all of a sudden, you know, some boils started bubbling. He's like, yeah, it's not too bad. I can cover that. Oftentimes, even in our own lives and situations or, or in our own spiritual um, walk, do we try to wait 
until things reach a certain point before we're desperate enough to allow Christ to bring healing into our lives. And so, one, what is our leprosy? What do we need to be cleansed of? What do we need healed of? Two, are we desperate to actually have that thing changed? And I think sometimes addictions aren't broken. Attitudes aren't changed. Situations aren't fixed sometimes because secretly inside, we really don't want it to happen. We aren't desperate for it to change or happen. Because... God is a God who heals. Christ reached out and touched him and healed. Oftentimes we're not experiencing restoration and joy in our life because we haven't gotten to Christ to allow him to touch us and heal us. And we stand at a distance. We stand on the outskirts saying, well, God, you haven't done it, so I guess I'm not going to, you know, you let me down. God does not let us down. How many other lepers like this person, worst case scenario, who weren't even as bad, if they had done the exact same thing? How sad is it that there were people in that community, Jesus was able and willing, but only few actually chose to to be desperate enough to go to Christ and allow him to touch them, to to change their lives. So two, are we desperate enough to be made clean? Are we desperate enough to ask God to throw ourselves at his feet in complete submission and humility and allow him to, to reach back and to touch our lives? And thirdly, and if we, before we do that, if, if you... We know those things in our lives that have to change. If we find ourselves not desperate enough for them to change, ask God to help with that. We see a lot of imperfect people following Christ as we look at that, and as they spent time with Him eventually, over time, they either decided, yeah, I really don't want to change, or that desperation grew. Third, are we... Am I desperate enough to leave where and what I am to come face to face with Jesus? What is our leprosy? What is it we need Christ to, to, obviously, we all have sin in our lives and we need God's forgiveness and grace. But we all have things in our lives that we need to be healed of, we need to be cleansed from. Are we desperate for that to happen and we may get to a point where we desperately want that to happen, but now are we desperate enough to, to leave where we are, to leave that place of hiding, to leave that place of security, to leave what we knew and to, to venture to unknown, scary territory and throw ourselves at the feet of Christ? That's why we're talking about following Christ. It requires movement. It requires steps, taking, going from where we were to where Christ is and then following him to where he wants to lead us to be. Are we desperate enough to leave where and what we are to come face to face with Jesus? And if we find ourselves in our lives not spending time in prayer, not 
spending time coming together and worshiping as the body of Christ, we find ourselves growing distant from the body of Christ, distant from what God has for us, then we need to stop and say, God, give me a desperation. Give me back the reality of what I need. Because that desperation is, a, is the effects of a simple reality of who God is, who we're not, and how much we need Him. And as believers, as followers in Christ, we need to, it's that moment that, that the Holy Spirit reveals to us, oh my gosh, I fall short. I am not capable of, of being like Christ, of doing what Christ has called me to do without Him being there with me, without His help, without the Holy Spirit working within me. So from time to time, we have to, like we sang this morning, Jesus, help us make it about you. Because Christ is everything. Our entire wholeness, our entire healing, our entire forgiveness of sins is holy and solely in Him. And not only should we be desperate for that, and what happens to we, we receive Christ, we say, okay, God, you forgive me, thank you, Jesus, and we come to that place of salvation but are we desperate enough to continue to follow him on the journey that he's leading us on? And we see many people, as we will continue on as we, in our series, we'll see where they, they accept Christ, they believe who he is, but all of a sudden that desperation wanes, and they're like, I'm good. And they miss out on everything that Christ has for them. Let's pray.